I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. Lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined as always by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who picked up his option for this season. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I did pick up my option for this upcoming season. But the question is, did Magic Johnson pick up his option? Dwight <laughs> Magic Johnson has lots of <laughs> options in front of him. And boy, does Magic Johnson not sweat the small stuff. Let's say that. Who Who's sweating more today? You think Jeannie or Rob, are, were they sweating today? Or are they just like, hey, this is kind of, this sucks. Rob has little fingered himself into that organization. And they, I mean, I guess they could fire him, but he's just like, he's there. Like they have, Jeannie has bet on him at this point. And so I don't think he was sweating. I think that that kind of stuff just came out and he was like, eh. I just don't understand at some point, if you're the Lakers, you just, I know it sounds crazy, but just wipe everything clean and hire a, like one genius dude and just say, go run my, run the show instead of like running your own TV drama show. I just don't think they're listening to anything from the outside. And so I don't know if that's the way that they're thinking. I know that it just seems like from, from the reporting and from the talks, it just seems like they're isolated it seems like genie and the rambi and rob and now this tim harris guy that <laughs> magic johnson brought up it was like he was in meetings now for basketball stuff he's supposed to be on the business side and now he's on the basketball side you know given his input it just seems like they're kind of hunkered down the, the talks in la have been well you know the protests and the protests and stuff will that send a message or will will they look at it and be like well it was just like 50 people and is that going to make the 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 inner circle of the Lakers hunker down more and be like, see, you know, not that many fans are, are frustrated with it. Let's just keep doing it our way and keep doing what we're doing. And the thing about all this is if they get that second star this summer, I mean, a lot of this just goes away, right? Um, I wouldn't say it just goes away. The fans will forget about it. Lakers fans have short memories about, about things like this. They have – they their Lakers fans are – some of the more, I guess, unique, but just like when when things are going well, you just can't remind them about any bad stuff. They just kind of forget about it. I think it. I think the only way it'd go away is if you hit the complete grand slam and you traded for AD and got somebody like Kyrie or something like that. If you become a top three team in your conference, yes. But I don't know if there's a guy out there that you immediately acquire and you become a top two team and it's just all. What about Myers Leonard? That's close, but I don't know. Portland, he's untouchable. <laughs> By the way, uh, we're, we're recording this at halftime of uh, Warriors Blazers. So congratulations to the Warriors if you won and made it to another finals. You have 10 days of rest. Or congratulations to the Blazers for pushing this series one more game. And congratulations to, to Myers Leonard, who has uh, 25 points who just put up, Who just, just put up a 45-point game. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's predict. Uh, yeah, 57. He, he, got, he went off in the second half. 
but we we <laughs> I brought up Magic Johnson at the beginning of this one because I do like Kid and Nick about the Lakers, but two we saw something that happened today in the NBA that I mean it, you just don't Wild. see happen Wild. every day. Uh, the fact that Magic Johnson went on first take, which I never watch first take. I it just I'm not a huge fan of the show, but he goes on first take and. Not only did he go on first take, but it was like him and Stephen A are just buddies. And it's like Stephen A said, hey, meet me for coffee and tell me the real reason like that you left the Lakers. And it was like the conversation was at a Starbucks and they're just over in the corner, except it was on national television on ESPN. Somehow for Max Kellerman kept trying to insert his opinions on things. <laughs> yeah, Max, bro, you just need to shut up. Uh, Molly was getting some questions in there. Molly, Molly was Asking some, asking some real questions. My favorite part of the whole thing was they're talking. They asked the question about Zubac, right? They're like, "So you traded Zubac just for for nobody?" And this is one of the reasons why I said that Magic Johnson doesn't sweat the small stuff. Like Zubac is a small. Like what's Zubac's ceiling really? Like so if Magic, oh, I, John, if Magic Johnson doesn't see that guy as a guy that can can be something really good in this league, then he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna try to get something for him right now and just like send him out." He doesn't he didn't really care. You can disagree or agree with that, but that's kind of been his mentality on stuff. I think it was more of giving up on an asset that could have been helped a bigger deal than what I think his ceiling could be. Yeah, asset or you know, guy with potential. Either either of those things, Magic Johnson just saw him as a guy that's not doing that well right now. What can I do right now? What can I do for? I need shooting. Okay, well let's try to get somebody that can shoot and. Hmm. Mike Muscala, let's go. It didn't work at all. It was bad trade. Still, it's still a bad trade. I'm not. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that was his rationale, and he doesn't really care about small deals like that. That some of us on NBA Twitter take, you know, be like, oh my gosh, see, this is another thing, and everybody brings up the Zubac trade because, like, oh, he made all these terrible deals. Magic doesn't really care about that, but uh, now he doesn't care about anything because he's gone. I was gonna say, I don't know if he cares about <laughs> anything right now as far as basketball. It was because. He just threw everything. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my favorite, my favorite part of this interview was when they're talking about Zubac, and he was like, "What were his numbers?" And Stephen A's like, "Uh, because how's he gonna know Zubac's numbers on the top of his head?" Yeah. And then uh, later, like like several questions later, like several minutes later, Max Kellerman just goes, "Zubac in the playoffs, five points, five rebounds." You know. And then he's like, "And by the way, the Clipper, you know, his his numbers with the Clippers in just a little bit." More minutes were just about the exact same as it were with the Lakers. And Molly just looks at him and goes, enough about Zubac. And she asked something else. <laughs> she moved on. <laughs> so funny. Enough about uh, Zubac. Anyway, if you enjoy the demise of the Lakers and the dysfunction and the drama and just uh, – you, just, if you find it enjoyable, everything that's going on, just go watch the interview. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy seeing the Lakers. It, it was uh, worth fumble. watching just to see Magic Johnson sit there and say – they said, so why did you leave, right? And I read e- Ramona Shelburne talking about, you know, the only thing that Magic told Genie this whole time was that he didn't feel like he could be himself and he wanted his freedom. And so he wanted to leave and he wanted to get out of that, which, you know, kind of understandable, but that's just Magic Johnson. He wanted to go be Magic, didn't feel like he could be Magic. I don't know if that's a reason to leave a job that, you know, was Dr. Jerry Buss's dying wish <laughs> for you to do. <laughs> so he said that and then, the backstabbing stuff has been something that, that people have talked about kind of in rumors. And then now he just comes out and they're like, why did you leave on first take? And he goes, well, you know, Rob, Rob Blink has stabbed me in the back. 
<laughs> just like came out straight up said it. He mean, just he, he might he as well said it like that. He spoke so candidly. I mean, oh, he said, man. "Yeah, you know, after uh, D'Angelo stuff with Shaggy P, oh, not Swaggy, that was a slip of the which, tongue, but that was still really funny." With Shaggy P, you know, he had to go. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap. Um, him talking about wanting to fire Luke Walton. He said, "Yeah, I wanted to fire Luke," and you know, they kind of just went back and forth, and you know, talking about Ty lose better, and it was just, it was just, we just never see somebody speak so candidly like that. We're so used to media and fans of seeing these canned answers and just beating around the bush kind of and he didn't have anything uh, to lose yeah nothing to lose Con- i mean hashtag content locked on lakers uh they must be eating this uh eating this alive oh, and man. lakers this, fans man this is this is a day where i i'm glad that i can kind of ride the line between my my lakers fandom that i grew up you know knowing and loving that's that was my team growing up just you know i was born in california and then, you know, growing up in Ohio, we didn't really have a team near where I lived. And so I had the Lakers. And now now I can ride the line of a Lakers fan and a, and a Mavericks fan. <laughs> today I am a Mavericks fan because it is very embarrassing to be a Lakers fan today. It's just, man. If it happened to any other fan base, I would say, man, I really feel bad for you fans. Yeah, like what if this was I, the magic? You know, like they were like, yeah, <laughs> I'd feel horrible for the first fans of all, and everything. Nobody would be on first take. I mean, because. That's true. There's nobody famous enough, but but sorry, Lakers fans, I don't feel bad for you. You've had you know, you know plenty of stuff. You know that Magic Johnson stepped away is a overrated mo- a month ago. Yes. How dare you even say that? <laughs> I'm ending this podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. <laughs> Keep on going. What was you saying? You can do the rest of this without me. <laughs> What was your point? How long does this last without me? Isaac, are you ready? Are you prepared for that? Do I need to talk about his broke shot or his great teammates and all this stuff? But what was he worse at shooting or being an executive? Hmm. He did get LeBron, I guess. I mean, win, win. Cool. Go Hollywood. Max out Jimmy Butler. Let's go. What do you want to move on? Let's talk about Dwight Powell. That's what the fans want to talk about. Nixon's silent right now. All right. Coming up, I'm going to tell you why. Dwight Powell opting out is something we all expected right after the break. (laughs) Right after this. All right, Isaac. I guess we'll continue the podcast. Let's talk Dwight Powell. That's like if you if I went on Locked On Lakers and was like, guess what? Dirk's overrated. Ooh, that'd be blasphemy, though. That's what I'm saying. It was like that. Okay, I think so- I can make a case that Dirk's better all time than Magic. Hmm. I think so. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I just started talking to you again. We don't want to do this again. I'm not doing another break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Dwight Powell declined his option. He had a player option, $10.3 million for next season. And let's just just look at the Dwight Powell. Before we talk about all the news, let's look at at the Dwight Powell experience for the Mavericks. Just one of the kind of weirdest tenures right he yes. he comes over from boston in the rondo trade which is now the dwight powell trade because he's the only player left on either team and he comes over he's just kind of uh you know like a throw in he's there and 
then all of a sudden they see some potential in him and they give him this deal in 2000, the summer of 2016. There's all this money getting thrown around. In that first year, he's making like $8.6 million, and it just feels like such an overpay. And even at the time, everyone was like, what is this? What is this money that's being thrown out? And then a lot of people just said, oh, it's just the rising cap, the rising cap. You know, the, the cap, the rising cap. And so now we can just give players, like, this is what a player like Dwight Powell gets. Now it's not necessarily the case because Dwight Powell came out in his first year. I mean, it was rough. I saw uh, some people today say, like, I don't think Dwight Powell was overrated or was overpaid. Well, the first year he was definitely overpaid, right? I think uh-huh. we, we can all agree that with that. And then Rick Carlisle came in and changed his role, and then all of a sudden he just became, you know, a player that was, was worth his value, was worth his contract, I think. Talk about um, character arc has been a thing that uh, Game of Thrones fans have loved to throw out there a lot, and uh, we've talked about it some on the pod. But, I mean, Dwight Powell is the uh, is the prime example of that because when they handed him that contract, you know, he he was coming off a season in which, you know, they handed it to him in 2016, like you said. That he was coming off a season in which he averaged 14 minutes a game. And 14 minutes a game, he's 24 years old. Uh, he just shot the ball 12% from the three-point line and averaged five points a game. So, and they hand him this four-year deal, and you're like, what's it, man, what's this going to look like? They're, they're really betting on upside. And, yeah, at the beginning, I was right there. I was leading that charge of what are we doing paying him? What is he good at? They were trying to make him into this like stretch four. It just wasn't the case. The very first year of that four-year deal, he shot 28% from from the three-point line. And you're like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, what is going on? And, you know, he, he played in 77 games that first year, but – you know, he averaged 17 minutes a game and the past two seasons, he's averaged just over 20, you know, 20 minutes a game. But at the beginning of that extension or that, that long-term contract. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was rough. It looked like an overpay, but obviously the Mavs front office saw something in him and said, you know what? We, we want to bet on this guy and character. I know character, that term, that term gets thrown around a lot, but when it comes to like the Harrison Barnes of the world and like the character cloth that that's cut from, like Dwight is in the same category as that. And they loved him. They loved his potential. And it looks like, I mean, it cashed out because now this past season, he was a bargain. Like it, it's crazy that, you know, that even myself, like I've hated on that contract so long, <laughs> it felt like to even now, I'm like, man, that, like he's improved a lot. It was a lot of, yeah, Carlisle changing his role to a rim rolling. <laughs> You know, and saying, "Hey, let's just let's cut out the three thing," and you, you're a great athletic rim roller. And now, I mean, he had he had a really good last last season, and you know, he proved his value for what he was making. And looking across the league, what other guys are making, sign me up any day for what he brings. Yeah, now he, now we have this guy that we're like, can he start? I mean, if if Dwight Powell started the season next to Porzingis, are we okay with that? Right? We look at it and say, could this be a playoff team? Like. Maybe if we have, you know, we take it the bullpen route that we've been talking and have, you know, Dwight and maybe Maxi or Salah or, you know, a couple other guys, maybe get a free agent, just a free agent center, like an Ed Davis or somebody. Bring I'm in. not fully in love with that uh, because as, as athletic Dwight is, 
he still has he's never been the just hey let me go pull down every rebound type of guy yeah. um you know for his career he's averaging four and a half rebounds you know last year he averaged you know 5.3 year before that five and a half so you know i i think we'll see how what poor because porzingis isn't you know a joel Embiid type porzingis isn't gonna be pulling down you know 15 boards a game so uh, you know that that would be a worry for me. Is he a big enough body to bang against some of these guys? I don't know, but can he be a bullpen type of piece to that center position? Absolutely, and that's what that's what I, I lean more towards. Right. I was just saying that if if Dwight Powell is starting center, then you're not totally screwed, right? There's there's obvious mm-hmm. negatives like you know the little less rim protection. There's way less rebounding. I mean Porzingis and Dwight Powell together. It's just, one of the worst rebounding front court combinations you can even come up with. I mean, maybe Brooke Lopez and Porzingis. But, yeah, you know, there's obvious there's obvious weaknesses to it, but you wouldn't be totally screwed if you had Dwight Powell as your starting center to start the year. And so that's kind of where where we've come with the Dwight Powell experience. And so now, ten point three million dollars. You know, two years ago, you imagine him turning down this option, and you're like, dang. Well, th- even last year, even this earlier in, during the season, it did, didn't seem like he would turn down a deal like this. Um, but this is how it kind of came down. So back in April, if you guys remember, we talked about it on the show. Mark Cuban went on 105.3, and he talked about how he basically candidly said, you know, we want to have Dwight around, and we're going to extend him for three years, or we're going to some 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 way that we keep him around for a little bit longer. We love him, like Isaac said, love the character, love, you know, everything that he brings. He's, you know, a coach favorite, obviously, of, of Carlisle's. And so we're going to try to get him – to stick around for three more years with a different kind of a deal. So maybe we thought extend, but then, you know, we think that he sort of has a deal with the front office that he's going to turn this down, decline it. And then they're going to give him a, a longer deal, maybe worth less than 10 million overall, like less than 10 million in that first year. And then, but he'll get, he'll recoup some of that money. Yeah. That. I think Brad Townsend had a tweet about that, about, uh, Average salary, you know. Yeah, this is to, this is Brad's tweet. So Dwight Powell's reported decision per Yahoo Sports to decline his ten point two million dollar option for next season paves way for Mavs to create extra cap space by re-signing him to a slightly lower two thousand nineteen twenty salary, but higher average long term. But it also enables him to test the market. Yeah, so this is kind of what set uh, what sets the stage. Is one I want to address the Cuban thing. When Cuban says I want, you know, we're going to extend him three years, there's a lot of people that just took those words exact and said, okay, extend. What does yeah. extend mean? Next there's season a lot of, and then three more. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of like cap stuff and really technical stuff when you do, you know, when you use the term extend. Was Cuban meaning an actual extension? Or was he just meaning? Was he just using the word "extend" in a radio interview to just say we're gonna like re-sign him to a longer-term deal? Because I think to me that's the route that I lean. That he was just using that word and not really. It's it's not really like literal technical extend. And to where if Dwight Powell opts out, like the report Chris Haynes report said today, then he's just signing a brand new deal. So he's gonna. So at that point, then you look at what Brad Townsend's saying about the save money this summer, but a higher average over the years. And at this point, this is where it gets pretty simple. Next year, he would be on the books for what? Uh, if he opted in, it would have been what? 10.3? 10, yeah, 10.259. So Okay, so for instance, <laughs> they be rounded. for instance, they could say, hey, Dwight, we want to keep you. We want to give you, uh, you know, money to stay, let's just say four years. 
but we want more cap space this summer to play around with and to have fun with. So we'll make the money equal out in guaranteed money over the next four years, but it's going to start off you know, at a lower number and then increase as the years go on. We see this happen all the time with big contracts handed out. You even see like Tim Hardaway, he's at what, like 18 this past year and he's going to be making 20 next year. Like there's all kinds of contracts that are you know three or four years and they extend like two or three million each year. So, or the ones of, or the ones that go down or the ones that stay exactly yes. the same. You know you can do those however you want. It's not like a, a max contract. It has you have to have the eight percent raises like the no, normal kind of thing. You can't do that with a max. Exactly. It's kind of like you know Aaron Gordon's goes in de- you know decreasing yeah. order. <laughs> and that's where it's front loaded a lot. So to get that what Brad was saying in the tweet to get that uh, that annual uh, average to get back up there. Let's say they want the average to be, and this is where you get into your math. Let's say, hey, we want your average over those four you know, four years to be $14 million or $13 million. But we're going to start you off making $9 million. That 14 you know? just hurt my brain a little bit. No, well, I'm saying like let's say let's say year one where you're going to make $9 million, yeah. year two, 10, year two, you know, three, 11, 12, well, and then – you know, I was just throwing 14 out, but, and so then you, you obviously put all of those together, figure out what your average would be, but they would still save, you know, a couple of million, you know, in that first year, but he would still make his money in the long run. So I'm not freaking out that, you know, if you're are, if you are a huge Dwight Powell stand, when I, when I'm seeing numbers getting thrown out right now saying, Oh my gosh, the Mavericks could, they're going to have 40 something million cash days. It's like Nick, t- you know, tweeted today. Cuban obviously mentioned this on our radio station that they, this is the plan. Just you know, I, I'm fully expecting Dwight Powell in a Mavericks jersey next season, um, and and that's because you know, a lot has to do you know with you know what's said and stuff. So the Mavericks love him; they want him back. This obviously just shows that there's a bigger plan in place, and that Dwight Powell's on board with it of saying, "Hey, I want to be here long term." But I'm I'm willing to take a few a few less million this year, so we can you know, whatever. Yeah, and let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about that bigger plan, how Dwight Powell fits into it. And then, man, we're talking a lot about Dwight Powell today. But let's keep talking about what what they what the deal could look like, and then some more newsy sort of stuff that was talked about today in regards to Dwight Powell, the Dwight Powell day. All right, Isaac. So the Dwight Powell, the deal, if they want it to be more money overall can you imagine like a he makes nine million this next year and then up to 12 in the third year and then like 10 and a half in the second year so it's like it averages out to like 11 something yeah what if it's just an increase of like 2 million each year it's like 9 11 13 15 and then it averages out to be you know an average you know in there of however you want to you know add that up to be so i think that's what I think you're going to see his average over those four years be more than 10.3, but that that first season for next year will be less than that 10.3 to give him more flexibility. Because you got to keep in mind, he's going to have a cap hold, you know, this summer for 14.4 million dollars. So that cap hold will count against their cap until they sign him to a new contract. So it it kind of the whole like you know they're going to have his rights. He still has a cap hold if he turns down the player option. Yeah, they're gonna have his so they, rights. Yes, they still keep the rights, but it kind of it's gonna kind of benefit 
for you to take care of his situation pretty quick because yeah. even in all the 30 million cap you know numbers that everybody's been throwing out and saying we got 30 million cap well that's been counting in Dwight Powell at 10.3 so let's just you know he needs to that cap hold will be 14.4 until he re- signs that new deal and let's just say it's 9 million well then that gives you the you know extra money there and a cap hold a cap hold is they're kind of complicated it's a placeholder and so and it allows you to, to keep somebody's rights. So, for example, this summer, like uh, Dirk has a cap hold of nine point five million. The Mavericks, Dirk, obviously not going to play next year. He's already retired, and so the Mavericks will have to decline that cap hold. Uh, or what? What is it? Was the terminology? No, I don't know. Release the cap hold. Something yeah. like that. So, I don't. I'm not sure with retired. But that, they're not allowed to. There's basically nine point five million dollars on their books next year. Unless they, they turn that down. But they have Dirk's rights. So if they turn that down, then they don't have his rights anymore. So they can't sign him over the cap. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're going to look at, you know, you, they have a few other smaller decisions too. When you have the qualifying offers for Maxi and Dorian that are both under $2 million that you would assume that, yeah, they're just going to extend those things. I mean, that's a cheap number. Some of these qualifying offers, you know, for restricted free agents, they get up there and you just kind of got to wait it out until you figure it out by extending a qualifying offer to Dorian and Maxi under $2 million each of them, you know, you're willing to sacrifice three or 4 million in cap, you know, at least hold on to it until you figure it out. That way you can match if something if they accept something from another team. They have a, the Brokoff decision. You know, do they bring him back? Do they guarantee his money? So in all, if you want to be super super technical about it, with Dwight Powell opting out of that last deal, they could renounce. They could theoretically renounce Dwight Powell, Brokoff. Yeah, you know, Dwight Powell, Brokoff, Finney Smith, and Maxi. Their qualified offers, and yeah. Ha- you know, theoretically have over $40 million in cap space. I don't think they're going to do that because, you know, the plan's in place for Dwight, and then you're going to extend the qualifying offers for Dorian and Maxi. I don't know what they're leaning towards with Brokoff right now, but I'd like to see him back for sure at a, at that cheap cost. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but with Dwight Powell, there's some more stuff that happened. Uh, in the Chris Haynes piece, which Chris Haynes is the one, the reporter from Yahoo that came out and said that Dwight Powell plans to decline his option. He's expected to have multiple suitors when the free agent process begins July 1st. Do you think there's a chance that this comes back to bite the Mavs and he gets a better offer from somewhere else and they have to pay him more money than they expected? Or do you think this is all just he has this plan in place and this is sort of a negotiating tactic with his agent? Um, Because we know the Chris Haynes news isn't coming from the Mavs. I do not think... Trying to figure out the best way to word is. I do not think that the there is a plan in place as far as to figure out this whole thing, and I think it is a mutual agreement between um, Dwight and everything. Dwight wants to be in Dallas. Dallas wants you know Dwight. Feels like. We want we want to extend you and say we want to keep you here. So hey, we'll give you X amount of money. <laughs> Whatever it is, over you know four years, three years, whatever it is, uh, but he's he's obviously opting. Yeah, there's. A, I fully expect Dwight Powell in a Dallas Mavericks jersey. I do too, and that, that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like they're they he declined this option, 
And there's a chance that he goes out and he tr- you know tries to search for offers, but doing it this so early feels like the Mavs have already there's already they're already starting their plans for the offseason. They're starting the free agent you know targeting and things like that. And this is all part of it. Like you said, they needed a couple extra million this summer, and so if he signs quickly, like you said, if this deal gets done very quickly and he he makes you know less than ten million this this next summer, which we. Um, we expect, you know, we expect him to make less than ten point two million, right? Doesn't that feel like what's going to happen for this first year? For the first year, absolutely, yes, yes. yes. I fully expect him to uh, make less than ten million this first year. And basically, what? It, why is this news? Why are we talking about? Why would the Mavericks do this? Th- do it this way? Because they obviously have bigger uh, sites or bigger plans in for free agency this summer, and getting that couple extra million dollars and whatever it is. Do I think that Dwight Powell is going to start off making like, I would be shocked if he, that first year he's making less than like nine, you know, less than eight. That would shock that. I mean, they could theoretically, and then just really back in the contract, but that, that, that just looks kind of weird. If I had to take an educated guess about it, I would say that first year maybe starts off at like nine or something. That saves you about a million and a half to put towards free agent, you know, because then you're looking at like 31 and a half, 32 million dollars, you know, that you're working with this summer instead of just the 30, you know, because, and then that next year it goes up and goes up. Because really, if you get this, the production you got out of Dwight Powell, it's still going to be a heck of a deal, even if it, even when it gets up to the, you know, the twelve million, you know, something like that. So like that, it just gives the Mavericks a little bit more flexibility. Yes, theoretically, could a team call at twelve oh one to Dwight Powell's agent, which is Mike George, and say, Mike, we want to give Dwight Powell, I don't know, we want to give him eighteen a year for the next three years. Theoretically, yes. Do I think that? You know, Dwight Do and everybody. That team will win a playoff game anytime in the next twelve years. No. <laughs> Do I think that's going to happen? No. Uh, that's yeah. I I expect you know Dwight to be. Um, and the Mavs have been super open about that from exit interviews to Cuban thing. You know, they love Dwight. So, uh, I, yeah, I think it gives him a little bit more cap space this summer, but he should be back in whatever role. You know, this fall. And along with that, Brad Townsend. You know, tweeted out NBA source text that Powell report is BS, but not but unclear whether the BS part is about Powell opting out or exploring the free agent market. Mavs have not wavered in their confidence in keeping Powell, so that kind of goes with the the way that we're thinking right now that he he's going to stay with the Mavericks and that exploring his options maybe is the BS part that this this NBA source is talking about, and that maybe he's like ah he's not really searching options. He's he's going to stay with the Mavericks. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I I don't think this is anything of hey we're we're gonna see what offers we get you know at midnight and stuff. I I expect that to be done. It's not at midnight uh, though. Pretty, ooh, six o'clock. <laughs> is it six Eastern and uh, then so that would make it like five Central? I can't remember. I think it was six Eastern. Remember. So, but just just note that it doesn't affect the cap space as far as that thirty million dollar mark. Affect it negatively. It'll affect it. Positively. Yes, yes, it doesn't. Unless, you know, they come out and say, oh, Dwight Powell's going to sign this huge deal and he's going to be making $14 million that very first year. I don't, you know, I don't know if that could be the case. You know, then you're cutting into cap space at that point. But um, I would expect it to be a contract in which he makes less than 10.3 that first year and then it gradually increases to where that, yeah, that annual 
average would be more than net 10. If that annual average averaged out to be 12, 12 and a half, 13, if it averaged out to be that over the course of three or four years, I would not be shocked about that. Absolutely. So that's how we're feeling about the Dwight Powell thing. Um, We also have to mention my semi-viral tweet that Dirk Nowitzki way, or just as it's known on the mean streets of the DFW, Nowitzki way. I don't know the details of all of that. I've seen your tweet. I've seen people talking about it. I obviously hope that it, it, it happens. I mean, it definitely needs to happen. So it's it. this has been in the works. People have talked about it. I think Tim Cato wrote a story about it for The Athletic. Um, but then somebody on Reddit that I found, uh, it doesn't matter his name because you guys aren't going to go and just like look him up. It'd be kind of weird. But somebody on Reddit, on the, the Dallas Reddit, said, posted a picture right outside Victory Plaza. It's on, it's like there's a sign that's zip tied to, to a street sign that says proposed street name change from Olive Street to Novitsky Way. For more information, call this number. There's a case number, the city of Dallas logo on it, and then like a little thing in the bottom that says there's a minimum $200 fine for removal of this sign. So if somebody tries to go and like take it, there's going to be a fine. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be Olive Street. That's the street right in front of the AAC in Victory Plaza. So if you're walking through and you walk out, you have to cross that street right in front of the W, right? Um, yeah. It's that street right there. It's Olive Street and it goes all the way through. It goes past, it goes under the, the overpass, which is, uh, uh, like right by Clyde Warren Park goes right under Clyde Warren Park and goes all the way to like 75. That's a pretty big stretch of road, like right through downtown Dallas. Well, heck yeah, that's a massive stretch. So they're gonna have to change all the street signs and all that. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun stuff to see all that. Hey, I'm I'm all here for uh, changing anything in Dallas to center around Dirk. So make this happen, somebody in politics. But apparently, there's like a hearing about it. There's a public hearing. Um, I don't know the inform. I guess I have to call that number for the information about it. I probably should have done that as a as a journalistic reporter with integrity and values. Do we need to Do we need to go that? Are you starting a rumor? I mean, the guy posted it. It's out there. So <laughs> there it is. Any other thoughts? No else. other thoughts in the Dirk Nowitzki way. <laughs> I, mean, I hope it Dirk Drive. Nah. I think they're making a play on Nowitzki way, like. Vitsky way. Yeah. I like that. Any, I mean, Dirk drive is, is cool, but Nowitzki, I would say there's, you know, a decent amount of people in Dallas named Dirk. There's not a ton of Nowitzki's. There's at least the three, right? There's at least four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I hope it happens. And Dwight, I look forward to, uh, naming a street yeah. after him too. Dwight Powell Avenue. Dwight Drive. DP Drive. DP Drive. Uh, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> the best part about this was was a couple Miami Heat fans quote tweeted and said, see, this is what we need to do for Dwayne Wade. Why can't Dwayne get a street? That's why Dwayne can't get a street. Are you serious? Don't, they don't love you like that. There'd be potholes in that street. <laughs> they don't love you like that. <laughs> All right. If you're listening to this podcast and uh, you're listening to it on on megaphone or if you listen to it on a website somebody posted or something if you listen to it just straight off of twitter you can get it on apple Podcasts, spotify you can get it on google play there's all kinds of stuff subscribe to us so you can get it on all the the there's so many different there's megaphone there's Him- overcast himalaya there's the himalaya app which is this new app that you can go if you're looking for a new way to 
get podcasts. You can get it on the Himalaya app. And so you can check it out there. Himalaya, just like the mountain. And uh, check it out. It's a, it's a new app. It's it's interesting. It gives you suggestions about new podcasts. So you know how the if you use Apple Podcasts, the suggestions bar is awful. It always gives me it always gives me like you like these podcasts. So you should listen to Colin Cowherd. I'm like no, I'm good. no I'm very good. You should listen to Mike and Mike. I'm like Mike and Mike hasn't been a show in like four years. <laughs> you should listen to this defunct podcast. Like this podcast hasn't posted in two years. It's like, the no, Himalaya I'll gives pass. you suggestions, and it's uh it's pretty nice. So go check out check that out. Locked on and. Uh, yeah, locked on. Subscribe to it. If you're not subscribed, then I don't know what you're doing. Most of you are probably subscribed, but subscribe to it. Yeah, if you subscribe to it, you don't have to go and check. You'll get the notification at midnight yeah. that, hey, you got a new pod ready to go. You so. don't have to tweet us and say, did you post the episode? Which we I love those tweets, actually. Did you post the episode? Yes. Or the people who work third shift. Shout out to you guys yes. that work third shift, and you listen, and you're like, hey, this helps get you through you know your shift at work. Shout out to you guys. Shout outs. Because I kind of work third shift now and I understand that. <laughs> I basically watch games and then do videos on those games after they happen. And I'm on the East Coast. So. Stuff happens in the morning for like NBA stuff and I'm at work and I go to text Nick about it and I'm like, uh, he's probably not awake. He gets yet a response he, in like five hours. Cause I just at like lunchtime because he went to bed when I went to work. Yeah, that's what happens. That's the life. That's the life. That's the YouTube NBA grind. <laughs> that's true. That's, <laughs> That's how you got to get to the top, guys. The grind. Hey, shout out to The Athletic for having coverage of the WNBA this season. It's awesome. If you're not following Dorothy Gentry, she's she's the Dallas Wings. Um, I'd reporter. probably talk to Dorothy at Mavs games more about my child than anybody there. <laughs> and every single time she uh, comes up to me and asks updates for uh, my baby. And she's just the nicest uh Probably person, the most approachable lady. human I may have ever met. Yes, she's awesome, and she's not she's not afraid to ask questions either. She she will ask any type of question to anybody. So, uh, I, yeah, she's she's great. She's awesome, super sweet. I'm super happy for her, and I'm I'm happy that the athletic is you know putting resources and money into you know covering the NBA. I think it's just another step of bringing a spotlight onto that league. Yeah, it's uh it's awesome. It's awesome, awesome, awesome because there's there's a section of people that say, well, there's nobody asking for this. You know, who's asking for, for WNBA mm-hmm. content? Who, who wants this WNBA content? And to, to me, I say, you have to introduce people to these players because the, the NBA and sports leagues, it's going to take them a while to grow because some of us watch, and for me, a long time, I watch the NBA, but I really only care about the players and I care about the characters. It's like I'm watching a Game of Thrones. Like, sometimes, like you this season, you watched it and some of the plot stuff you can admit was sort of like skeptical. Some of it was mm-hmm. like, eh, it's kind of iffy, but you still are invested in the characters and love the characters. So even if you yes. watch games and you're like, I'm not super involved in the game or the plot, you know, or the plays or all that kind of stuff, but I'm involved with these characters. I want to see Dirk succeed. I want to see, you know, LeBron fail. I want to, I want to see these things. And so with the WNBA, we have to start introducing people to these characters, to the Skylar Diggins's, to the, the Candace Parker's who's been around for a long time. You should know her by now. Uh, to the you know Elena Deladon, who's probably the best player in the in the WNBA right now because of all the injuries. To Liz Cambage, who is just this cr- awesome character, like a Joel Embiid type character for the WNBA. You start introducing people to these characters, and then all of a sudden you get more invested in the league, and that's how that's how this works. And so more coverage, more um, people talking about it is just going to make the league better and make it more interesting because people are going to understand the context more. There's there's podcasts like this. I mean we we have spent. 
how many hours talking about the Mavericks? And they have not played a game in a month, right? Yeah. <laughs> Over a month. Yeah. And you guys still listen every single day because you're invested. You're invested in the characters. And that's what I really want, you know, to focus on with the WNBA is get allow you to get to know some of these players and get involved and invested into it so that eventually we can talk about the WNBA like we're talking about the Mavericks because they matter too and they're playing basketball and they're playing at a high level and it's a uh, it's a great league and it's only getting better and growing and this league is only like 20 years old if you the, the NBA started in like the 50s and <laughs> imagine the the NBA in like the 70s it was still on like tape delay and it was still you know it needed Magic Johnson and and Larry Bird to come and save it in the 80s and you know the NBA wasn't like this huge juggernaut all the time. Now we have League Pass, and we can watch any game at any time. And and WNBA League Pass is available right now on their website. Sixteen bucks, sixteen bucks just to watch the WNBA all year. So a lot of you out there would probably pay sixteen bucks to watch the fourth quarter of like any basketball game if it wasn't. Some of you listening out there wouldn't pay sixteen bucks for a steak because you think it's too cheap. I wouldn't pay sixteen bucks for a way a world of uh Wade World Tour shirt. <laughs> it's probably not sixteen bucks. It's probably way more than that. Yeah, somebody's buying that stuff and using it as a doormat. <laughs> Shout out to you. The real ones. There you go. All right, that's my piece on the WNBA. I think it's great that the athletic is investing in it. And not that they just invested like a couple writers. They have two national writers and one beat writer for every single team. And I don't know if they're beat writers. Yeah. I guess they're just writers that are located in each local area. But um, I don't know if they're going to go like all the away games or whatever. But they invested in it, and that's great. And uh, it's a long way for the athletic to come too because no- I know some things about the athletic when they first started, and they weren't really interested in that. And, uh, you know, they've, they've heard from, from people, and then all of a sudden this comes out, and now they have – Great stories on there. So subscribe to The Athletic. It's, it has good stuff on it. They don't sponsor us anymore, I don't think, but they did for a little bit, mm. and so that means yeah, that they, they like did. us. So we like them. They did. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll support good journalism. If you, Any jur- journalist out there that uh, does things the right way, I mean. Absolutely. There you go. All right, we're rambling now. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>